Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner on this Victory Monday. How are you doing today, Cody? Oh, James, I'm doing just dandy. Victory Monday seems like it hasn't happened. It seems like it doesn't. It hasn't happened four times this week or this year already. We're four and two now. Doesn't feel like it's happened that much. One was a Victory Tuesday, but anyways, I'm doing all right. How are you? <laughs> Man, I'm doing all right. It's when when you put things into perspective, four and two on the season already with beating some teams that they weren't necessarily expected to beat. Um, and if you put it into some really fun perspective, eleven and since last year's bye week. Yep. That's actually pretty impressive, man. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take that. I'm happy to see some things changed a little bit with this bye week. Um We'll get to talk about this game here shortly. Before we do that, we do want to talk about Steelers injury things um, that happened. Steelers did activate Deontay Johnson off of the IR and then unfortunately sent Pat Frymuth to the IR, which again, like James reiterated last week on the, the show leading up to the game, when Pat Frymuth went full practice, limited practice, and then didn't practice um, in his training for last week, that kind of was a red flag and alerting yeah. us of either re-aggravating the hamstring injury or something worse. So uh, I don't have any details on that right now, James. I don't know if you do, but we'll talk injuries later. Yeah, they've said that there was a re-aggravation of the same hamstring, yeah. so that's kind of worst-case scenario. Um, obviously, with him going to the injured reserve, he's out a minimum of four weeks. I would expect it to be longer than that at this point uh, because he had three weeks and it wasn't enough time um, I would think we're probably looking at five or six weeks and, and hopefully get him back for a playoff push at the end of the season, maybe. Uh, but I wouldn't expect to see him till like December, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully get a little bit more, uh, you know, Washington action with that being said, we didn't really see a whole lot in this game, but we'll get to that. Uh, Pittsburgh did then also release officially Gunnar Rolszewski, which we cannot thank them enough for. Uh, we were both <laughs> big fans of that one. And then the enactives before yeah. the game, uh, Mason Rudolph as the third quarterback, offensive tackle Dylan Cook, defensive tackle Braden Fajoko, and the cornerback Darius Rush. Again, we talked about them just signing him last week and whether or not he was going to get a play call or the call up. I, we didn't think so unless it was for special teams specifically. But even then, there's still some practice that goes into that, learning different things on different teams and stuff like that. So. Oh yeah, he's got to learn the playbook, and he's got to he's got to prove that he can handle it in practice. the The plus thing with him being so far down the depth chart is that he's probably going to get to play on the scout team defense. Uh, so he's probably going to get to go up against the starters in practice, which is a good thing. Yeah, because then so, they'll get to see so it. That'll help more of him. Yeah, yeah, they'll get to see a little bit. You know, if if he can hang versus George Pickens in any manner. That's uh, going to give them some some confidence to try and put him on the field at some point in time of the season. Big shocker to me out of all this news we just covered, Cody, was that they released – so they cleared up two spaces on the 53-man roster, only brought one onto it, uh, and then never made the move that we figured they would move, which was Anthony McFarland. Uh, it seemed as though he was fully healthy and ready to go to the game. They gave his replacement the opportunity to return – kicks um and i didn't think it went very well nope so no, especially I the last one of those be... last ones where it bounced yeah. then you could have just let it go and tried to try to bring it out that was dumb yeah yeah so i i felt like he didn't do a very good 
prospect. And that was the big thing with, with uh, Anthony McFarland. He looked great in kick return in that first game before uh, getting injured. So um, I know it was a small amount of opportunity kick returns or something, but he looked very good, very comfortable, very explosive. Uh, so hopefully this week that he gets that move to that final spot. If you need another spot, like say Cam Hayward's coming back or something, well then then you can go ahead and bump that running back back down to the practice squad or something. Uh, but I I was surprised, and then that put them in a situation where they didn't really have another option. Yeah, yeah. So that was something we kind of thought was going to happen. We didn't see happen. Hopefully for next week we get to see Anthony McFarland come back and actually be on the team returning kicks because I want to see more of that. You know, there was a little bit of excitement, a little bit of rush of of something there, and then it stopped. So hopefully he gets back, he gets healthy, and he can be a production part of special teams because, quite frankly, uh, I think we're good at the running back position for the top two guys for sure with Najee and Jalen Warren. Yeah. They both run very hard, both very good backs. Not saying Anthony McFarland isn't, but uh, it's kind of it seems like some pieces are finding their places for this puzzle piece of a team. So exciting for mm -hmm. that. Let's talk about this game real quick. Uh, we were playing the Los Angeles Rams in L.A., uh, beautiful day. It seemed like at least the sun was out. It was nice. It wasn't that way here at all. I don't know about you, James, but it was not sunny. Um, down here, very, West Virginia. very windy day where I was. Yep. Yep. A little, windy. little overcast, but it wasn't bad. You know, we had a little sun for once in a while. Yeah. Um, Kenny Pickett to start the game off. The whole thing. I don't know. I felt like we played well to start the game off, but it wasn't, it didn't seem like a lot. It didn't seem like enough. Um, for me to be excited about until later in the game. But that's just me specifically. I don't know how you felt at the beginning, but Kenny Pickett, again, we'll talk stats real quick. 17 to 25 on the day for 230 yards. A lot of those came later in the game. He had a 9.2 yard average. No, th no passing touchdowns, but also no interceptions. So that's a good look for yeah. him in that aspect. I agree with you as far as the start of the game. Um, I felt like they did a little bit better of a job getting some drives going, you know, getting a couple first downs, but they couldn't hold it together. They kept on getting penalties at inopportune times uh, that really put them in bad down and distance situations and, and uh, uh, made it difficult to convert those drives into points. Uh, so it was an improvement as far as no, I didn't see the, the drastic amount of three and outs, uh, but still I was, I wasn't real optimistic at halftime, you know? Yeah, you know, they only they only were able to move the ball a little bit. The, the one touchdown the, we had was off of a very short field because of that interception. Yeah, yeah. Re real quick, because just because I have the numbers in front of me, uh, the the Rams wound up missing a field goal early in the game that put us in good field position. We had eight plays and we went twenty two yards. That's it in eight plays to lead to the first score, which was a Chris Boswell field goal. And then we we had the first three and, and out. That was a fifty-three yard. That was a fifty-three yard. Like, kind of. <laughs> yeah. The next possession, we had three plays, went one yard to punt away. Then they got a field goal. We had five plays to go eight yards, punted away, and then it ended the half with one play for just we just knelt on it. So that was fine. Um, and then that, or excuse me, um, yeah, ended that the half. And then early on in the what the first drive, I think the first play, it was like an interception in the second half, and then we got the touchdown, which was seven yards. That was it. TJ Watt had that amazing interception. We'll get to that again. I don't want to go too far mm -hmm. down this list, but again, 
it took you we didn't we didn't do anything on offense until we didn't have excuse me let me clarify we didn't have more than 22 yards of offense eh, 32 actually because of the one punt um but still like third roughly 30 yards or less on offense per drive until midway through i think the fourth quarter then we put up 59 yard drive together um over five plays and then later on 10 plays for 80 yards it just it's too slow you can't do that in the nfl and get away with it against good teams and i mean the rams team is supposed to be really good unfortunately they're having a rough year and that's you know worked out well for us but we just can't have that uh slow consistent start so that's the only thing that i'm really worried about moving forward is if pittsburgh continues to move that slow and that almost robotic motion of not doing anything (laughs) i don't know yeah the first play was a pass to Najee behind line of scrimmage that's all i'm gonna say i'm done for a second yeah yeah, and and I felt like it was a misuse. I think there's a little bit too much of an emphasis in trying to force the ball to Connor Hayward. Mm. I like Connor; he's a good player. But like, there was a, a dump off that he got to the left hand side, and he caught it, and he really had a lot of room. And you would think darn near anybody else on the team would have got it in the end zone. He's just not fast enough to get there. Yeah, uh, there was a throw over the middle. Uh, where it got tipped and you know he jumps up to try to get it and it just goes over his fingertips. Well, you know, he's barely six feet tall. If if you're throwing that to your six foot seven tight end Darnell Washington, uh he doesn't even have to jump and he's easily catching. Yep. And it's just a difference of the body size. And it at a certain point in time, you have to admit that Connor Hayward's kind of a gadget guy right now. He doesn't fit at running back. He doesn't fit at tight end. He doesn't fit at wide receiver. He's like a weird hybrid between all these positions. And it's it's nice to use, but you can't be using them for 40, 50 snaps a game and not using your tight end. That's an actual mismatch. Uh, he, he just didn't even look Darnell Washington's way most of the game. Nope. Uh, and and that's got to change. He's got, I know uh, that part of this too is that he has faith in Connor that you know, they came from the same draft class. He threw to him a lot in the preseason last year. So he knows that if he throws it to him, Connor's going to catch it more likely than not. Yep. He needs to get that chemistry going with Darnell Washington because he needs to be the answer moving forward here. Uh, otherwise, the middle of the field is still going to be an area that we're not really throwing to, and that can't be. Teams will just put everybody on uh, outside the hash marks and not even worry about the middle of the field and then you're not going to get any yards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we utilized a, a slant early, I think, to George Pickens when he was on a killer with a spoon. But again, that was against zone um, where that's going to kind of be open. But again, that's not that's not the middle of the field you're looking. You're looking 15 to 20 yards, 25 yards downfield where you can get these big chunk plays, and we're not doing that um, at mm-hmm. all. And, and Pat Fryermuth, we've seen, and is more than capable of doing that, um, Deontay Johnson is capable if you get him in, in the right scheme. And then George Pickens is easily going to highball something in the middle of the field. I think they just are trying to, for whatever reason, Matt Canada likes to utilize the sidelines because it's like a safety precaution. Like if it gets tipped or if it's overthrown, there's less chance of an interception or something bad happening on the sidelines, but you can't play scared like that for your entire year, especially I understand the first few games getting in a rhythm, this and that, but at this point, again, past the bye week, you got to start taking shots. You got to start utilizing that middle of the field and and being smart about it. We're not saying, James isn't saying, you know, throw the ball over the middle to 
Pat Fryermuth or Darnell Washington, you know, 15 times a game, but once or twice to keep the guys on the inside honest and not pursuing the outside. Realistically, you should be targeting your tight ends times a game, though. Yeah. Like, realistically, that should be happening. Um, and instead you're seeing it maybe once or twice a game and it's just not enough. Uh, and to be a hundred percent transparent on this, there is, I don't think there's a single offensive play call. That's a pass play that doesn't have at least one, if not two or three guys going over the middle. You don't have pass plays where everybody is only on the outside. So a lot of this is the decision-making and the, the decisions that Kenny is making on this, Kenny's deciding to throw to the outside because it's safer because there's less guys there. Uh, And I get it. A lot of people, uh, especially quarterbacks, they get nervous about throwing the interception. uh, And and that's what ends up happening is they throw more stuff, dump offs to the running backs and and outside passes instead. Uh, But yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how this goes in upcoming weeks. And I'm at least very encouraged the second half of this game yeah because uh, it was drastically improved um and and i felt like looked a lot better they got those drives moving really in that second half you know when they needed to score a touchdown they did when they needed to get first downs they did um and a lot i i loved the combination the back shoulder fade uh to george pickens yep. over and over and over they just couldn't stop it yep keep using it until someone can stop it or, or force him to double team him, and then other people are going to be open. So yep. I love it. You know, and Deontay Johnson, man, it was nice Deontay Johnson, what? Nice to have him back, man. He looked great out there. Yeah, I mean, average, he averaged 15.8 yards per catch. Like, that was just crazy. Five. So George Pickens, five receptions for 107 yards. Uh, Deontay, five for 79. Connor, the two that we talked about for 23. Um, Najee Harris, three for 15, Allen Robinson, one for seven, which I think went for a first down. That was a clutch first down or pretty close to it. Was that, did that lead to the fourth and inches or whatever that? The, yes. Okay. Yes, it did. So yep. the, the questionable that call was, at the end. That was the play before the, uh, the QB sneak. Yeah. And then Jalen Warren had one catch for negative one yards. So whatever, either way, um, you know, the, you. I don't see any targets on my list to Darnell Washington whatsoever. You had three, yeah, tar- me either. three target, three targets to Connor Hayward. Two of them were caught, and and Connor Hayward isn't even a traditional tight end. So you genuinely didn't throw the ball to a tight end all game long. The one pass he had was out of the backfield, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, um, or or maybe yeah. he was. Okay, yeah, I, I couldn't remember. No, it was he. He lined up basically kind of like a tight end, um, and they did. And now this is something that's very popular amongst the league especially with fast guys um teams with like Tyreek Hill use this kind of thing all the time they'll send a guy in motion and then when the ball gets snapped he stops and comes back the other way yep so that's exactly what Connor Hayward did on this play he took a couple steps to his right and then immediately went out to the left that creates a little bit of separation just automatically on the change in direction of the defender trying to cover you uh just if he were a faster guy he would have been in the end zone on the play yeah yeah or bigger he could have easily bowled his way in potentially um he got he went out at the three or two something like that so he he was fairly close um but the he one, got the first on the play he got the yeah, job done but, yeah you know when you're when you're looking to try to take the next step and be that kind of offense that can score a bunch of points uh you need those kind of plays to to finish with touchdowns 
Yeah, the one thing that I'll talk about, because you mentioned it, you know, we came out after halftime and played a lot better. That's the part that makes me exciting or excited because, you know, hey, we came back from the bye week, had a slow start. I'm so over it, so used to it. But you know what? They win it at halftime. They made some adjustments and they're going to move on. And they said that, you know, I think it was Kenny Pickett or Mike Tomlin said we, that they were seeing different defensive styles and schemes and, and blitzes that they weren't prepared for. So that's not, I mean, that's mm -hmm. a good job of, on the Los Angeles Rams to not be predictable, but it was a great job of us at halftime to come out and make those adjustments once you saw them. Again, I talked about it. I, I would love to see those adjustments happen in between quarters or on the sideline in between drives. But they still managed to do it, and the second half went a lot better. I mean, we scored three touchdowns in the second half. I don't think we've done that all year, like in a no, half. definitely not. I don't think we've scored three no. touchdowns. Did we even score three touchdowns in a game with the offense? Not with no not, defense Not with the offense. Okay. No, no, not with the offense, no doubt. Yeah. And that was, that was one of the frustrating things for me at the beginning of the game. You were talking about them seeing different defenses than what they were ready for. Um, some of it was just offensive line adjustment too. Uh, on the one play on the very first drive, they had two guys coming through basically the, between the right guard and right tackle. And Jalen Warren was, was tasked with trying to pick up two guys. He did the right thing. He picked up the inside guy of the two. Uh, but as you see Kenny getting hit and trying to throw the ball away, you look over to the left side of the line and you got the left tackle and guard blocking the same guy together. Uh, so the whole line should have shifted to the right. If they would have, you would have had the appropriate amount of blockers, and that's usually on your center to make those calls. And then the very next play, it happened the opposite way. Yeah, You had three guys in the middle blocking one interior defensive lineman and two guys coming through a hole on the left. And again, Jalen Warren picks up the one that he can pick up, and the other guy comes free and he can't complete the pass because you don't get a chance to. Yeah. Uh, so it was... I felt like some of this was on offensive line calls, you know, being able to adapt and identify who the blitzer is and who not the blitzer. And when it changes from what you're expecting it to be, to be able to adapt mid play. Yeah. Uh, and it just isn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. Or at uh, least it didn't happen in the first half. It, it, they got better as the game went on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting and promising to look forward to. Um, I don't have anything else to add to that. We can talk about fumbles real quick. Najee Harris had a fumble. Isaac Simalu recovered it. That was good. Um, Najee bobbled one too. They didn't count it as a fumble because it was a, it was a pass, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, he was running up the middle and he was like kind of bobbled it on the way down, uh, but he oh, never yeah, like yeah. fully lost it. Yeah, he yeah. never fully lost it. It didn't hit the ground, so they didn't count it as a fumble. Uh, but this was a bad game for him as far as his hands. Yeah, yeah, even that one pass that he had, he juggled it before getting it and being able to run up field. So, mm -hmm. again, exciting to see the run play kind of work, especially in the second half, and then seeing what they can do on offense with passing the ball and, and all this stuff. Um, looking at the offensive line, I felt like it was a fairly solid game, minus a few plays that I saw um, where, I, where I felt like the pressure was getting in faster between on on either side of the center specifically in between him um faster than i would have liked which forced yeah kenny to scramble or throw it away or a little bit of throw it faster than he wanted to um but i i didn't have any major complaints about the offensive line this game which was really really nice to have yeah, especially since we were all kind of scared and get the start 
Uh, seemed like Dan Moore represented himself pretty well in this game. Uh, not premier pass rushers on the outside here. Byron uh, Byron Young, it was, was their best pass rusher outside of Aaron Donald. But you didn't really see the outside edges getting crumpled. It was more pressure from the inside. And when it happened, it was either like Aaron Donald finally got a one-on-one beat his guy, or there was like two people coming through a hole and only one person to block both of them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a decent game from the offense. Decent game. Yeah, let's talk defense real quick. Where do you want to start? Defensive line like normal? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the big boys, huh? Well, Larry Ogunjobi got a sack, which was really nice to see. Um, I mean, we've talked about it. You know, is are we going to get some production out of him or not? And this game, we happened to see it, which was very exciting. Um, didn't see a whole lot of action from guys that I wanted to see action from. I mean, we saw Keanu Benton in there, but he didn't register anything except for two QB hits. He didn't register any sack, uh, sacks or, yeah. you know, pass def- defended or tackles for loss or anything like that, which honestly, maybe, I mean, maybe he just did his job. Maybe that it was a good thing we didn't get any stats from him. I don't know how to look at that sometimes because sometimes there's hidden stats in the no stats of like, yeah, they ran away from him or yeah, they, you know, they double teamed him, triple teamed him, whatever they did. I didn't see a whole lot of him in action is basically all I'm saying with that specifically, but. It was nice to see him out there. DeMarvin Leal, I thought, had a good game. Um, I don't know who else on the off on that defensive front you want to talk about. Montrevious Adams had a tackle for loss. Yeah, Montrevious was pretty disruptive game, I felt. Uh, and that's a good thing because he needs to show that if he's not going to lose to the young guys. Um, I'm still waiting for one of these young to step up as the next guy getting after the quarterback. Uh, we're not getting the quarterback you know, pressure, sacks, hits that we need to out of these interior guys right now. Uh, so really need either DeMarvin or Benton or Loudermilk or one of these guys to step up. You're getting some pressure from from Larry Ogunjobi, and it was nice to see him get another sack. Uh, and that, by the way, was a twist right at Kevin Dotson's face, just like I asked for. And I couldn't have been happier because I said to you guys on the show on we know Kevin Dodson. We know that his biggest weakness in pass protection is when you're through a stunt or a twist and defensive linemen are going and looping around. He has a tough time figuring out who he's supposed to block. Well, Larry Ogunjobi was his guy, and he lost him. Uh, so he got around and got the sack and uh, couldn't have been happier for Larry Ogunjobi on the play and uh, made me look good too, so I don't mind that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Keanu Benton, I think, is at least, pushing the pocket and getting after the quarterback a little bit. Uh, but we need to see one of these guys starting to get home. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, outside linebackers here for a second. Uh, we got to see um, Alex Highsmith have a pretty solid game. I didn't get, I didn't see him get beat or anything. He didn't have – I mean, none of these guys had crazy stat lines for the most part, minus a couple interior guys and a safety. Um but it was nice to see Alex Highsmith have some pressures. It was very nice to see Nick Herbig get his first sack. Uh, been what a wait- get off, huh? Been waiting Woo. for a couple of those. Haven't got them yet, but here's one, so I'll take it. Uh, if you guys don't remember, and I'm calling myself out here, I, I said he was going to have 10 uh, double-digit sacks this year, and hopefully we'll mm-hmm. get there, but we're not there yet, so we have some time. Yep. Um, Cody said he was going to be number two on the team. Sacks. I did. I did. I, 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 we're not going to talk. I mean, about the that. plus side for you, Cody, is that nobody behind team 
getting a whole ton of production right now. Uh, I Alex think Heisman there's a bunch some. of guys with two sacks. Yeah. I think I, he's got two and Golden has two and Hogan Joby has. I don't think anybody has three yet. So, yeah. Yeah. He's at two sacks so far this year. Um, Highsmith is. So, but yeah, that was exciting to see. And then TJ Watt, no sacks this game, but he did have a really good interception that we talked about already. Uh, where he was actually in coverage, which doesn't happen a lot. Most of his interceptions come when no. he just jumps up at the line of scrimmage. Um, but this was a phenomenal interception on his part by reading the quarterback's eyes and just jumping in front of a route, a little curl route. Um, phenomenal job, and then returned it 24 yards to make us only have to go seven for the touchdown. So that was a phenomenal job on his part. And defense, you know, is is doing a lot of the work right now to help us get these wins. And uh, TJ Watt is consistently earning the, the money that he's getting paid right now. Um, the <laughs> yeah. offense, the offense should have to give him a bonus, in my opinion. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I uh, I feel like uh, this was the first time in TJ's career that I saw him actually switch sides for a couple of plays, yep. uh, and I think that was probably to avoid all the chips and running backs and tight ends and wide receivers that he's having to fight through in order to get into his pass rush. Uh, so I think that was a good move. You might as well do it. Everybody moves their premier pass rushers all over the place. Uh, so you might as well move TJ around a little bit too and see if you can open him up a little bit more. Um, I also notice him getting held a ton in this game. And, uh, so yeah, not that's, getting called. That's something that is either going to change or he's going to get after the quarterback a few times here. So um, I expect him to have a really big game in sack production real soon here. Yeah, um, looking at the interior guys, Cole Holcomb was second on the team with eight tackles. Um, you also had Landon Roberts getting involved, and he played fairly well. Quan Alexander played fairly well this game. Um, I, I enjoyed seeing all those guys and the way that we utilize them in different packages and stuff like that. Um, I feel like this is probably, and we talked about it a lot, this is, I shouldn't even say probably, this is by far the strongest interior linebacking group that we've had in years and they all came from somewhere other than Pittsburgh last year. <laughs> yeah. And the scary part about it is if, if you're talking about like our middle linebacker crew right now, and you know, they're better than what we're used to uh, still a lot of teams, these guys wouldn't start on other teams. Yep. Uh, it's that's the, the talent level that we've got. I, I felt like Cole Holcomb had a pretty nice game. Uh, I was waiting and waiting and waiting and, a middle linebacker to make a play and really hit somebody at the line of scrimmage or maybe even behind the line of scrimmage. I know these middle linebackers aren't really used to doing that in Pittsburgh these days, uh, but it, I think in the third quarter, Cole Holcomb started to come alive and really fly to the ball. Uh, he did tweak an ankle in this game. He was able to come back, uh, so I don't think the ankle injury is going to be a bad thing, but we'll see what it feels like. The next couple of days for him, it might stiffen up a little. <laughs> I still feel like the last time we saw a middle linebacker take a really good shot and or deliver a really good shot was Matt Spillane, um, yeah, or Robert Spillane, excuse me, Robert Spillane against uh, Derrick Henry in the hole. That one you heard. Yep. That At one you felt. Line. That Ooh. one you felt if you were watching it on TV. You felt that one. Um, Spillane had a big game a couple weeks ago, man. He had two picks for the years. One. Yeah, yeah, he's playing pretty well. Uh, secondary mm -hmm. guys. I thought Patrick Peterson and uh, Joey Porter Jr. both played fairly well. Joey Porter Jr. had some great breakups. Um, he did. Uh, the, the one over the middle against Puka Nakuka. Uh, Puka Nakuka? 
hang on. Puka Nakua. Puka was a just phenomenal play. You could argue that he turned him a little bit. I don't think there was enough contact there that he actually turned him. He just had his hand on his hip. Um, phenomenal play from Joey Porter Jr. He That was his one pass breakup. Um, but then also Patrick Peterson, I thought, played fairly well. Levi Wallace played well at the beginning, and then I saw him get torched a couple times and i was like oh yeah he gave up that first touchdown just kind of lost track of his guy and and a few times per the usual just you know not able to keep up with people coming across the line yeah minka uh, should have had a side of the field we'll get to that when we talk safeties i just got excited about talking about that minka should <laughs> minka should have had a pick it should it was so easy he was beating himself up about uh, that one uh, and i think it's important that we stress that the time that got a lot of playing time and he really held up well who uh his joey porter jr he mm-hmm. got an extensive look here in this game uh started played a ton didn't give up big plays uh at the beginning his tackling was a little questionable a couple of times it didn't didn't get the guy to the ground that he needed to get did turn he did turn that around uh and then he started tackling a lot better as the game went on uh, just very, very sticky coverage, man. He is right next to guys when he's covering them, and I love seeing that. Yeah. Um, I felt that Shannon Sullivan had a decent game. I didn't see any super horrible mistakes on his part or anything like that. He had one good play. I just can't remember what it was um, now that we're sitting here talking about it. As far as the the safety room is concerned, DeMonte KZ had extensive playing time. Keanu Neal, again, they, mm-hmm. they kind of switched these guys out in the strong safety room. But then Minka led the team in tackles again with 11. Um, <laughs> What's he got about 100 on the year now? It's getting close. I'm going to look. Um, but he did have one intercept or one pass that should have been intercepted. Um, he has, hang on, let me look. Tackles stats. Um, he is at only 35 for the year. No, excuse me, 50, okay. 52, yeah, 52, 52, 52. <laughs> so he's halfway there. Um, 52 in six games so yeah. he's getting more than nine a game that's crazy man yeah um but the one play that it wound up being intentional grounding uh where the matthew stafford for the rams threw a ball that he i guess it was one of those routes that you have an option to go in or go out and uh the wide receiver chose to go in and he threw it out so it was intentional grounding from the pocket but he it was so easily picked by Minka, and you could tell he knew it because he saw it, and he was looking to where he was going to try to make contact with a player to knock it out of the ball, like knock it out or whatever. And once he realized there was no one there, he just went down and held his head because he knew it was an easy pick, easy pick. Um, but overall, one of the better games we've seen from our secondary minus Puka Nakua. <laughs> yeah, yeah, minus basically him. Puka lit us up. Yeah, he lit us up, and we controlled every. Uh, so I guess if that's the way it's going to go, then you live with that against most teams. Cause most teams, their number two, isn't going to go for 150. No, no. And that, yeah, that, that was their number two. Cause Cooper cup returned two for, or had two receptions for 29. And then Puka had eight for 154. So not ideal for us, but could have been worse. We could have lost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. You know, because he didn't have two guys. Yeah, uh, so exactly. It was basically they just started throwing away from Joey Porter. How it went in college for him as well. You know, he started playing well and getting picks and getting his hand on the ball and breaking it up. And they just threw it to the other side of the. Field. 
Uh, so eventually that's going to happen for Pittsburgh too. But when you start getting to teams like Cincinnati where they have two really good wide receivers, you're going to have to shore up that other wide receiver coverage. You can't have just one guy doing well in coverage. Um, do you want to talk special teams at all here? I mean, Boswell for president. Our, our Absolutely. Ki- our kicker made the kicks. Their kickers didn't make one, I don't think. No, he did. He made an extra point. He made one. Yeah. He made one field goal. Also. Oh yeah, he yeah. Missed a field goal and missed an extra, extra point. point. So we'll take that. Thank you for those. Um, he, he missed yeah. two field goals. He missed two, didn't he? Uh, I know he missed a field goal and a extra point. I can pull it up very quickly here. Uh, I got that all in front of me. I don't. I don't think he missed two field goals. Okay, it might have just one. been those two, and one doinked off the upright. Um, yeah. So Bos- oh, no, he did miss two field goals. Yeah, I thought You're he missed right. two. So three kicks missed altogether. Um, I think we we talked about it already. You know, the guy that you or maybe it was before the show. I think we talked about it before the show. Uh, the guy that came in for Anthony McFarland did not play well on kick return. Um, no. So that that needs to stop right there. Put Calvin Austin back there and call it a day um, until Anthony McFarland comes no, just, back. Just, yeah, just bring Anthony McFarland onto the field. Yeah, and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, we'll deal with that. Uh, I felt like Calvin Austin the third struggled a little bit too. I know he bobbled one of his punt returns in this game, mm-hmm. uh, so not his best game. Um, but Presley Harvin the third, nice game from him as well. Uh, so good to see him doing well. Uh, Nick Herbig on on coverage got a couple tackles in this game. I, I thought, or at least got in in close to him. Uh, so a, a decent performance from the special teams guys. No no big red flags in the negative category. Uh, nothing big in the positive category either. So you take that as a win when your when your special teams do do that well, basically. Yeah, um, that's gonna do it for the game. Uh, that, wrapping that up, I don't. You know, the injuries we're kind of following with the the uh, Cole Holcomb ankle injury, the Pat Frymuth injury. He's obviously going to IR. Anthony McFarland will hopefully be back for next week. Um, mm-hmm. And then also speaking of injuries, we do have a friend of the podcast who, James, I've received some more information about um, while we've been recording. I'm not going to share any details specifically on the injury, but he he did have a um, injury. I believe it was playing football um, or, or practicing for his because he plays on the Erie Express team. Um, but he does have a surgery coming up, I believe, at 530 either today or tomorrow. Um it could be 5.30 in the morning, honestly, but I'm not sure. Uh, it's going to be an extensive surgery. It's going to be invasive a little bit, um, and it's going to be noticeable. So if you guys can keep him in your prayers, they did start to go fund me. We are not by no means asking you guys to, know, to donate, but if you guys feel led um, and are, are capable of doing that, you guys are welcome to. We will attach that GoFundMe uh, in the comments of this episode. So Isaiah... Uh, we are praying for you. We love you. We thank you for supporting the podcast and being a diehard Steelers fan. Uh, James, I don't know if you have anything else to say. Yeah, just Isaiah seems like one. Talk to him a few times. Say that one more time. Uh, really, say that one more time. You cut out. Uh, seems to me, uh, I've only met Isaiah times, but uh, real salt of the earth kind of guy, you mm-hmm. know, real solid human being. So uh, anything anyone can do to help him will be appreciated. 
Yeah. So we thank you guys so much for listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring that bell. It's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.